This is such a weird story that I wanted to talk to uh, one of our friends at Samfuru Tamarkin, um, uh, the law firm there that deals with employment law. And uh, before I get to our friend John Pincus, who's going to talk about this, I guess I got to set up this story. Now, I haven't been to a movie theater in a long time, and Chris... was good enough to kind of give me the background on this. But there, if you go to movies regularly at Cineplex, you may have noticed for the past five years or more, there's been a pre-movie show. And it is no longer. It's been given the kibosh because they've been sold to another company. Cineplex is owned by a different company. And I guess they felt that there wasn't, it wasn't generating enough cash. But basically, this guy gets on you know, your screen and gives you stuff to do before the movie starts. Right, Chris? Like, that's the whole deal. Yeah, he's the host of Time Play. Mm-hmm. So he'll come and tell, say, bring out your phone and start playing your Time Play, or he'll throw to So this is like games interviews. on your phone that you will, like, be yeah, able to play you, while you're waiting? They give you trivia questions okay. saying, uh, whatever, match, what, if it's A, B, C, or D. It's multiple choice. A lot of what happens before the movies now is sort of like what was in the magazine that oh, you yeah. picked up. But just on it's the a screen. time waster. So yeah, they'll roll little fun facts about the movies, maybe some interviews, maybe some behind the scenes things, other things that are obviously promotionally driven. And this guy named Tanner Zipchan, he strung it all together. He was the host, and he says he worked there for less than three years. Uh, he was let go without so much as a reason, so he's not happy about that. But he's really unhappy about the fact that he was let go. And originally, he was being point—he was being paid with scene points. Those allow you to get into movies. Now, if you're wondering how a big company like Cineplex gets around something like this, yeah, I was wondering too. Apparently, they held a nationwide casting call for auditions in 2014. It was sort of like a contest where you submitted sample videos, and then moviegoers would vote on you. And if you won, you would sign a year-long agreement to host and introduce pre-show segments featuring like what Chris said, games and pre-celebrity interviews. And for this one guy, it sounded like a dream come true because it's a national position. You are going to get a lot of eyeballs on you. However, here's where things go south. You're not paid for it. And they say that they said the reason why you weren't paid is it was like a contest win. So what they did was they gave each host about 52,000 scene loyalty points, enough to go to one free movie per week. And uh, 12 high-definition movie rentals from the Cineplex store. We're joined by John Pincus, who is an employment lawyer and partner at Sanfiro to Markin. Now, John, this story is kind of, uh, it's kind of lengthy because Tanner eventually ended up getting a position with Cineplex. But with the fact that he first was being, with with the fact that he was being paid originally for work he did at Cineplex in, in um, scene points, affect the amount of severance that he could collect? Well, theoretically, uh, it would be. Uh, but the, I mean, first we should recognize that I believe Cineplex has disputed uh, that he was actually paid in, in scene points. So okay. there's, it seems like there's a little bit of a different version coming from Cineplex uh, and uh, Mr. Zipchen. But uh, it it would affect in the sense that it'd be very hard to, of course, calculate how much he would be owed by way of severance. 
but if Cineplex had been employing someone uh, who was properly categorized as an employee, and based on what we know about this case, it does seem like this person would have been an employee, not not an intern, mm-hmm. um, then that person would be subject to the minimum wage provisions of the Employment Standards Act. And so the amount they would owe be owed for minimum wages would uh, eclipse the amount they would be owed uh, probably for severance because you can go back two years for that. Uh, so in this case, I think the bigger question uh, than severance, which is which is most often the biggest question, is, is this person owed um, outstanding wages? Right. Because if he was only paid in uh, in points to go see movies, then, yeah, you would imagine he could sit down. And this guy seems like he he uh, has done a little bit of math on how many hours he worked and how many days he worked through the month for Cineplex. You could be looking at some some back pay. That's interesting. That's right. Yeah. How often are we hearing about things like this? Because it just seems uh, like a really attractive way to get millennials to work for you because they're really concerned about followers and eyeballs on them. Wouldn't that still the fact that he is up on the Cineplex screen nationally, wouldn't that actually feed uh, people going to his own brand and um, even add more value to this guy's brand? Could they argue that? Yeah, you know, there's an old old joke that uh, musicians like to use where they see this ad and they say, uh, you know, a restaurant wants them to be hired uh, to, to have exposure for themselves, to have exposure for their music and, and, and work at a restaurant and say, come work here and we can't pay you, but we'll we'll get you great exposure for your music. And then I think someone came up with a counter ad and said, how about you bring your restaurant to my house and you'll get great exposure for you too. I can't pay you. But, you know, and, that, and that's the kind of thing I think of when I hear these stories. I mean, if, unless you are uh, really meeting the requirements of the internship uh, parameters under the Employment Standards Act, you're going to, generally speaking, have to pay someone. Now, the Employment Standards Act does say that you don't have to pay a volunteer, but unless someone is clearly going there not as a means of their livelihood, but a means of just, you know, uh, you know, volunteering on a weekend or something or something like that, um, then they are, um, you know, they're they're generally going to be speaking, going to be entitled to wages. And you can't just offer someone exposure uh, if they're performing the same kind of work that an employee uh, would uh, would work. Yeah, the attitudes have started to change for, you know, unpaid interns and things like that. I remember when I graduated from Ryerson, I actually, you had to, to graduate, uh, do like a three-month internship, and I did it at a film company that no longer is in existence here. But they were good enough to know that there was a cutoff date, and they liked how I worked, so they hired me for, you know, a summer job. Um, it It doesn't seem that you can get around, you know, having people with your team for too long as an intern before you start paying them, right? That's right. And about six years ago, the uh, Ministry of Labor ran a, a pretty substantial inspection blitz on unpaid internships. And they found about a dozen employers who had contravened uh, those provisions. And I think since then, employers are starting to be a little bit more cautious with calling their employees uh, 
unpaid interns or their junior employees' unpaid mm-hmm. interns as a way to try to work around the employment standards provisions. But a lot of the times, John, like, like let's get real. If you have no experience and they don't really need you and you're, you know, asking them, do me a favor because I really, I'll do whatever you want. It might not even be related to the film industry. I will do menial tasks just so that I've worked within the industry and I can get my eyeballs on what different people do within the industry. It's not really adding to your business at all if you've got someone hanging around. Sometimes these unpaid interns are are kind of getting in the way. That's right, and and the, the Employment Standards Act does recognize that. They, they and and someone who's a volunteer and is, is a genuine volunteer, which unfortunately isn't really defined, and there's there's a little bit of uncertainty around who actually constitutes a volunteer. But you can certainly, for example, have someone come who's under a program in a College of Applied Arts or, or, or something of that nature and work for you under an unpaid internship program. So there are ways to do that. You just have to make sure that, that you're not trying to apply it to people who are more um, accurately described as employees. Is this story about uh, Cineplex hiring contest winners um, or, well, they say they're not hiring contest winners, but using contest winners for content. Do you think this is going to end up sending a message out to other companies that plan to get around uh, things possibly uh, under the guise of a contest? The story could very well do that. But in terms of the result here and who's in the right, it, it really depends who's telling the truth, right? Mm. Because Cineplex, it seems, has a very different version of events here. And I'm, I'm actually curious uh, to know what Cineplex's side of the story is. But if what this person's saying uh, is true, then yes, this absolutely should be a wake-up call to say, you know, you have to be very careful and judicious as to who you try and label as an intern or a volunteer. Appreciate your time as always, John. Have yourself a fantastic afternoon. You too. My pleasure. Cheers. John Pincus is a, an employment lawyer and partner at Samfiru to Mark and talking about this story. It's a great story. It's in the Toronto Star. It's, it's a long one about this guy who you probably saw on the Cineplex screen. No longer has his gig. And he's saying, yeah, when I first got the gig, wasn't really fair because I was being paid in points. Cineplex, uh, not really. Um, they're disputing that, as John had to say.